0: Live Lean Nation, what's up? Welcome back to another podcast. Brad Guthrie here. We're jumping into superfood number three in our series on the best fitness superfoods to get healthy, to get lean, to be fit. Check it out. Welcome to the Live Lean TV podcast. My name is Brad Guthrie, and we're on a journey to show people how to live lean 365 days a year while enjoying what you love. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get the show started. Yes, let's go right into it, guys. Superfood number three protein powder. Yes, let's talk about protein powder 101 on today's podcast. Now protein powder is the muscle building and the fat burning supplement. More on that in a little bit. So once again, guys, we're on day three here of our 12 day series showcasing the top 12 superfoods to help you with your fitness and nutrition goals. Let's talk about the many nutrition benefits of supplementing with protein powder. First off, it's not just for the stereotypical gym rat meatheads that you see. Protein powder has many benefits for people of all activity levels and ages. So before we get into specifically protein powder, let's just back it up and let's talk about what actually is protein. So. Calories from food are comprised of the following three macronutrients. You have protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Now protein is comprised of amino acids, which are the building blocks for the tissues in the body, including muscles, your bones, your ligaments, your tendons, your hair, everything. Foods high in protein include beef, chicken, turkey, fish, eggs, protein powder, and dairy. Now, protein powder is also found in smaller amounts in nuts, seeds, vegetables, and grains. However, the amino acid profile of these foods is not as strong as in animal protein. So let's go into what is protein powder. Now, as mentioned earlier, protein powder is a convenient and high-quality source of fast-acting protein. It's derived from various protein sources such as whey, beef, egg, pea, hemp, rice, and soy, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. Since protein powder digests faster than whole foods, it makes it an excellent and quick option for mixing with liquids and consuming after a workout. So drinking a protein shake, especially post-workout, has been shown to help increase strength gains, minimizes muscle breakdown, and initiates the rebuilding and the growth of muscle via protein synthesis. Not only does protein powder promote muscle building, but it's also known to help with fat loss, as it helps keep you feeling full, increases insulin sensitivity, and helps reduce stress and inflammation. So one of the big questions we always get is, how much protein powder should you take? Well, to be clear, protein powder is considered a supplement, meaning it's intended to supplement your daily protein intake requirements, not be the primary source nothing replaces real food. And I typically recommend sticking to one to two servings of protein powder per day. One serving is optimal post-workout, and another serving is optional if you need it to hit your protein goals. And there are various studies showing that 25 to 40 grams is needed post-workout to properly trigger protein synthesis. And newer people to training can skew on the lower end while more experienced people can go on the higher end of that protein requirement post-workout. Me, personally, I typically have 30 to 40 grams of protein in my post-workout shake. And it's important to start by first figuring out your daily protein goals. If you're new, a good starting point is 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. But depending on your goals, this amount will vary. But at the very least, aim to get at least the minimum of 0.75 grams of protein per pound of body weight then consume the rest of your protein from high quality protein sources from food every four to five hours throughout the day. For me, I typically aim for 30 to 40 grams of protein per meal. Okay, now what is the best type of protein powder? guys? Straight up, not all protein powder is created the same. In fact, the supplement industry is not even regulated by the FDA. So I always recommend you find a trustworthy company rather than just buying the cheapest or the most marketed protein powder. So with that said, let's go through a few of the most common types of protein powder. Number one, whey protein powder. So from an amino acid profile, whey protein is the best. It contains the largest amounts of all the essential amino acids, especially the most important in triggering protein synthesis, leucine. And if you're unfamiliar with the term, essential amino acids, they are the ones that your body can naturally produce on its own. This means you must consume them from food and supplementation. Your body can't produce essential amino acids on its own. And even though whey is derived from dairy, most high quality whey proteins will have most of the lactose removed, which is great for people who are lactose intolerant. And there are three primary types of whey protein. The first one, hydrolyzed whey. Now, this is a very highly digestible protein as it's been broken down into smaller peptides. Therefore, it enters the bloodstream very quickly. Hydrolyzed whey tends to be a little bit more expensive than other proteins that we're going to talk about. Now, let's go on to whey isolate. This is a more pure and higher quality version when compared to a whey concentrate. Typically, a uh, whey isolate is comprised of approximately 95% protein and lower in calories from carbohydrates and fat. This tends to be the best deal for a money standpoint as it is a high-quality protein that is affordable. And the last one, whey concentrate. So typically, this is the least amount of protein per serving comprised of approximately 70 to 85% protein with the rest of the calories coming from carbohydrates and fats. Because of this, it tends to be the cheapest form of whey. All right, let's move on to protein type number two, egg protein powder. So I personally love egg protein powder and started using an egg-based protein from a company called Roots Nutrition last year. So it's a high quality source of protein and easily digestible for me. Since I was taking a whey protein isolate for over 10 years, I found I was starting to build an intolerance for it. I noticed I was bloating more and getting gas more often. And then once I switched to this egg protein, the bloat and the gas pretty much went away. And although whey protein has a better amino acid profile and is a little bit cheaper, for now, I'm primarily sticking to an egg protein, but it's not to say I won't go back to a whey later on. And you could also supplement with egg whites, however, the delicious taste and the extra healthy ingredients added to the egg protein that I take, which is Roots Paleo Superfood, makes me a happy guy. It just tastes better and I really love it. So I'll post a discount link to Roots Paleo Superfood in the notes, and you can use coupon code LiveLeanTV, all one word, to save money. All right, let's move on to number three. Beef protein powder. So here's another high quality protein powder that has a great amino acid profile. However, it does tend to digest slower than whey. And this is typically not optimal post-workout as this is when you wanna trigger protein synthesis faster. However, over a longer period of time, it does increase protein synthesis as much as whey, making it another decent protein powder option. And number four, casein protein powder. Casein is another protein source derived from dairy. However, in contrast to whey, casein is digested much slower. This makes it not an optimal post-workout protein source. And even though it does have a positive effect on protein synthesis over the long period, it tends to be more expensive as well as can cause allergic reactions in some people. Number five, plant-based protein powders, particularly pea, rice, and hemp. So for vegans, pea protein powder contains one of the highest amino acid profiles of all plant-based protein powders and can help with muscle and strength gains pea protein also contains a decent amount of branched chain amino acids, in particular leucine. These are the amino acids that are the most important for protein synthesis. Now let's talk about rice protein and hemp protein. Although they're not optimal due to the lower amounts of branch-chain amino acids, they are a decent option, but they usually are combined together with other plant-based protein blends. And number six, soy protein. So even though soy is technically a plant, I wanted to keep this one separate from the other plant-based protein powders. The reason is simple. Even though soy protein has a decent amount of all the essential amino acids, I don't typically recommend people consume it. First of all, it contains phytoestrogens, which for most people may negatively alter your testosterone and your estrogen hormonal balance. Secondly, soy is also a highly gmo and pesticide ridden crop in the US. And although there's a lot of conflicting studies, I just don't see any benefit to taking it and prefer to stay away. Now that you know about protein powders, what liquid should you mix with your protein powder? Well, guys, if your goal is fat loss, it's best to stick with a zero calorie liquid like water or you could use unsweetened almond milk. As long as you're using a high quality protein powder, it should taste fine with some ice. However, if your goal is muscle building, you can replenish lost glycogen levels and speed up recovery by mixing your protein powder with a higher glycemic fruit juice like pineapple or grape juice. Or you could simply add a banana or pineapple and some maple syrup or honey to your shake. Over on my blog, I posted a link to one of my go-to post-workout shake recipes, so go over and check it out at LiveLeanTV.com. And lastly guys, what ingredients should you avoid. So, as mentioned earlier, the FDA does not regulate the supplement industry, so it's buyer beware. Many shady companies allow low-quality fillers, various sources of sugars, and artificial sweeteners like sucralose to make their protein taste like a treat. Now, I always look for protein powders sweetened naturally with a zero-calorie, plant-based sweetener like stevia or xylitol. Stevia is metabolized by the liver and the kidneys, therefore it doesn't cause an insulin spike like the other sweeteners do so there you go guys that is it that's all about protein powder protein powder 101 hopefully that was very insightful for you and gives you a good idea of the type of protein that you should be taking for your goals if you want to see some links to the protein powders that we like make sure you head on over to the blog at live and we'll put a link to it in the show notes so guys come back tomorrow we're going to be talking about fitness superfood number four Thank you so much for listening to the Live Lean TV podcast. It would truly mean the world to me if you go right now and leave a rating and review of this podcast on iTunes. Your words, they help us reach more people and grow our Live Lean mission. Thanks for listening and keep living lean.